Well, it looks like everybody who's wanted to join us so far has had the chance, so we're going to go ahead and kick things off here. I know Eric's got uh, some information he wants to convey, so let's get down to it. Eric, beautiful day. We've got a group of people. Take it away, sir. Hey, Kevin. Thanks much. Yeah, let me get this uh, slide deck up and running. There we go. All right. So uh, welcome to our uh, regularly scheduled Tuesdays at 2 contract education seminar. I have a, a fairly short slide deck, um, and we'll follow that up with some Q&A. Uh, note that uh, the broadcast is recorded and um, will be available as a podcast later at sca.alpa.org, as well as on some of our other media outlets for podcasts like Spotify and Podbean. Uh, maybe some sort of Apple product, I think, too. So uh, anyways, uh, please do not share, record, or repost. This is uh, proprietary, and it's uh, better if um, it's left to us to distribute it. So also know that uh, this is a public forum, right? So uh, expect your chief pilots, schedulers, everyone else to be um, on here as well. We're going to cover some reserve assignment preferencing today, which is a FOLO first out, last out. Uh, Before we get into that, I want to talk just shortly about the pay charts, only because I've been getting quite a few questions about pay charts. And I think it's a useful exercise uh, for people who haven't been in the airline industry just to talk about this for a minute. And some of the questions, uh, you know, are, are pretty basic to those of us who have been in the industry for a long time. But when you haven't worked at an airline before and you're coming to Sun Country, uh, it is not necessarily intuitive and clear how these pay charts are supposed to be read. So on the screen, you should see the uh, the pay charts for captain and first officer for the 737. Most people uh, who are interested in this conversation, right, they're going to enter uh, here at year of signing one right now. So the year of signing, uh, that's what YOS is. And so date of signing, this column here, the first column, was the the important stuff to know. Uh, it's kind of useless. Can't hi- highlight that. So date of signing is uh, a year ago, January 1st. Uh, it's about nine months and nine and a half months, right? Uh, 1st of uh, January 2022. So if you look down this column here, uh, starting at 78.50, going down to 173.18, and then years of service, that's uh, the first column here. So as you enter the airline, this 78.50 is where you start, okay? Now, that said, what happens over time, right? Uh, January 1st of 2023, you're going to enter this chart at the 8086 number here. And the first column essentially is no longer used, okay? Uh, and then uh, January 1st of 2024, you go to the 8328. If you're, you're brand new hire coming in uh, your first year of service, okay? Now, you're going to get a seniority bump and a longevity bump every year. So let's say that you were hired March 1st of uh, 2022. You had entered at the 7850 number right here. At your first year anniversary, you're going to go down to here, years of service, right? 
So March 1st of 2023, that rate for you becomes uh, 114.71. You move in January over here to the 118.15, okay? So every year uh, on your, it's actually the first day of the month in which you were hired. So if you were hired, say, March 8th, the first of March, you're going to see a years of service. You move down one. And then every year on the first of January, we move one to the right. So down one, one to the right, right? So starting, oh, let's say you were hired March 8th, you start at 78.50. January 1st, where you're going you're to move over to 80.86. And then March 1st into the 118.15 category. Okay. Now, this is all to get to the question that I, I'm getting the most, and it's it's pretty fundamental, but I can totally see where people have gotten there, right? You do not start over at year one when you move to the captain column. So let's say that you upgrade, you know, in your second year at Sun Country, you're going to be moving into the captain chart, but your years of service don't start over because you moved into the captain chart. So you don't start over at years of service one you enter wherever you are in terms of your years of service okay um so let's say you're in your third year right you're going to start here move over to whatever the year is right and then find your rate so i'm going to leave that there uh it's not an in-depth discussion but just a quick conversation to kind of work through uh, a little bit of uh, some confusion i've seen in the pay charts most anyone uh, that you're flying with can talk to you through these pay charts, but I am getting uh, very consistently a question about uh, returning to year one if you upgrade, uh, which is not the case. If you're past your anniversary, you're in years of service two, two years past, you're in years of service three. So with that, I'm just going to kind of move on from the, the pay chart conversation. Uh, I just want to make sure that everybody understands that. So reserve assignment preferencing, you can find this uh, section 25 M6B. And before we get too far into the uh, preferencing, the first out, last out preferencing, I just want to give it a little bit of context because it still exists within the order of assignment. So the order of assignment is uh, kind of think about it uh, in the context of all of the available pilots in the airline and it deals with assigning legs to people it deals with the assignment of management flying junior assignment right and the preferencing is inside of uh, the reserve preferences okay so the follow is basically a subset of the order of assignment so this is just the order of assignment language uh, coverage of current open time on an ongoing basis so um, just a quick refresher here. At any time during the day, crew scheduling can award or assign open time reporting less than 72 hours prior to the report time of the trip using the order of assignment list in paragraph I-4, so 25 I-4, uh, except that open time requested in accordance with paragraph B above will be awarded prior to being assigned. So basically what this says is a pilot can request uh, trip ad and will be awarded that trip ad before it is assigned to a reserve and uh, all trip ad requests take precedence over the uh, the assignment of open time. 
also it delineates the 72 hour uh, window, 72 hours prior to report. Uh, so not a rolling, you know, day by day today, tomorrow, the next day that we used to do. Um, it's now 72 hours prior to report. That's What's current open that? time. All right. So uh, the order of assignment is uh, where you go first to see uh, who's going to get assigned. And then this is kind of the, the general lay of the land in terms of the order of assignment. Notice where the reserve pilots sit in the order of assignment, right? So uh, first you're going to assign trips to reassign pilots at a domicile or assign legs within the trip hour period, then pilots on a time of availability or sort trip within a trip hour period. Then you get to the reserves in the domicile, reserves from another domicile, then management pilots, training pilots who volunteer, and then finally into junior assignment inside of the domicile of the system. So this is all just to say that the um, FOLO order of preference happens here at C&D. It's, uh, it's for reserve pilots uh, or maybe a regular pilot who's picked up uh, a reserve day out of open time. But uh, the reserve pilot preferencing happens here at uh, C&D in the court, in, inside of the order of assignment. So moving into reserve assignment preferencing. So just a quick visual if you want to see it. Uh, this is what I was talking about with the order of assignment. Reserve pilots here, C and D in the order of assignment. Follow is the subset there. Okay. So getting into uh, reserve assignment preferencing, uh, first out, last out preferences or follow. I'll, I'll use the terms interchangeably. Uh, like I said, it's a subset of the order of assignment. And how this system kind of works, you need to submit your preferences and e-crew with your monthly bid. Gives the pilot the ability to exercise their seniority relative to other uh, people on reserve. Okay, So if you're very senior and you want to fly a lot, you can exercise your seniority to... Uh, your seniority right to that uh, work assignment, right? If you're senior and you decide, hey, I don't really want to work that much, I'd, I'd rather uh, someone else goes and do, does that work. I've been working on my bathroom or uh, have other things to do with uh, the kids this, you know, someday, uh, you can exercise your seniority to uh, avoid that flying, right? So uh, it just looks at you relative to other similarly situated reserves. Similarly situated essentially means the uh, the days left in your stretch of reserve as well as your reserve period. Uh, and then there's some exceptions uh, for specific circumstances where, say, consolidation of skills, right, where uh, someone is coming off of uh, training and needs to consolidate. Uh, you'll see that there's an exception, um, one of maybe five or six exceptions there. To have that person fly, they basically are defaulted to first out until they consolidate. That way, people avoid uh, extra training and extra check rides and so forth. Um, so you'll see there's a couple of different exceptions. Reserve assignment preferencing, just looking at 25M6B1, uh, this is kind of the start of it, right? So assignment preferences, a reserve pilot may indicate a preference for being placed on a first out or last out status for the month, right? So notice that this is the status for the whole month. There is no way to change your status throughout the course of the month. That may at some point uh, evolve into that. Uh, but as of right now, um, you get to set your preference for the month, uh, not by the week or by the day or anything like that. You can't change your preference based on the trip. 
right? He can't say, oh, that's a trip I want. I'm going to I'm gonna change my preference to first out. Uh, there's no way to do that. It is by the month, and you set that default with the monthly bid uh, via eCrew. So also note uh, that a pilot cannot call crew scheduling to change their status or indicate that they want to be assigned uh, or not be assigned flying out of the seniority order. So the preferences uh, are exercised using your seniority, and that is a pilot's right to those work assignments, right? Who gets what work? Note that calling up crew scheduling, the answer should always be no, we're not going to honor your request. And truly, these these things are looked at and audited by the grievance committee. And, you know, uh, I've seen in the past, not at this company, but, uh, you know, you could see certain schedulers had certain friends and you could see their employee number was assigned, assigning a specific other employee number uh, flying outside of uh, seniority order uh, and outside of their preferences. Right. So uh, we do audit those. Please note that you're not to be calling crew scheduling to uh ask them to circumnavigate the contract, right? So note the crew scheduling uh, should and has been compliant with this, and they are indeed uh, not fulfilling such requests. So uh, note that it's uh, your seniority uh, full monthly photo preference that should be uh, sorting who gets what work assignment. So uh, first out means uh, that the pilot will be utilized uh, subject to any restrictions within section uh M6, that's 25 M6, before all other similarly situated reserves for flying assignments. Last out means the pilot will be utilized after all other similarly situated reserves. Preferences will be honored by seniority, right? So uh, similarly situated, it looks at the number of days remaining. Uh, So if you have the same number of days remaining as the trip, you're going to be uh, sorted in terms of other pilots who have the same number of days remaining for the trip. So a three-day trip, uh, you look at the reserves who have the minimum amount of days remaining in their reserve stretch. So if you have three, uh, those people are going to be looked at first and assigned first, then people with four days, five days, right? So um, that way it's the people with the least amount of reserve remaining who are getting assigned trips and the trips are going uh, out based on the trip length in the most efficient way possible uh, using those reserves uh, in accordance with the amount of days they have. So similarly situated, also uh, look at AM, PM, and red eye. I'll expand on these quite a bit uh, over the course of the discussion. So um, note, this is all in seniority order, as I've said, right? So most senior to most junior or inverse seniority order in the case of, of last out. So uh, just looking at an example for pilots who are similarly situated, uh, that is to say they have the same amount of days remaining, uh, are on reserve from the 4th to the 7th. The most senior and the most junior pilot bid first out, the other pilots bid last out. Uh, Three identical flying assignments become available. The most senior and the most junior pilots are awarded the flying along with the most junior pilot who bids last out. So uh, just looking at the red numbers here, you can see uh, seniority number 45. He bids first out. He's going to be the first person who is assigned, assuming these people have the same amount of days remaining and uh, all of the trips are the same number of days. So uh, the most senior guy, number 45 on the list, he bids first out. So he's going to get assigned a trip first. Then you're going to look at the next first out bidder, right? So 
even though uh, number 156 on the seniority list is, uh, you know, the fourth person on reserve in terms of seniority, he bids first out. So you look at the first out people first, he's going to get assigned second. And then the third person to be assigned is the the most junior, right? So inverse seniority order, last out gets assigned third. So uh, seniority order first out. So you look at the first out people first, the most senior guy, the second most senior first out. And then last out, you go in inverse seniority order. Number 104 gets assigned last out. Uh, and uh, the seniority uh, number one uh, 76 is not assigned at all, right? Uh, everyone gets to exercise their preference based on seniority. So 25M6B3, pilot shall indicate his first out, last out preference with the initial bid process electronically via OMS. So in eCrew, uh, there is uh, an ability to indicate your first out, last out preference. Note that you can make a separate preference for AM, a separate preference for PM, and a separate preference for red eye, okay? Maybe you really, really don't like red eye and you want to bid last out, and AM is really your thing, so you bid first out, right? Um, so you can have a different preference for uh, each type of reserve. What happens if I'm not listed in the monthly bid pack, all right? So you're going to return, uh, you're returned to work from medical leave, right? You broke your ankle, uh, you're coming back mid-month, and you're going to turn in the contract to uh, paragraph uh, 25B3, uh, um, 25B3B or C. These are kind of complex, kind of-ish, but it has to do with whether you have a prorated guarantee or not for the month, whether you go into paragraph B or into paragraph C. Note, that you need to be able to exercise your your first out last out preference they should be asking you when you return to work what preference you want so note that the um that the oe question probably isn't a very good question right so you return to work yes you should be able to exercise your seniority note your folo preference and if you're not being allowed to submit a preference uh file a pilot issue form so www.scapilotissue.com uh, just a vanity URL that relays to the uh, the grievance program. Now, note that OE is a little different, right? If you're coming off of OE, you probably haven't consolidated and you're going to fall into one of those exceptions, okay? Uh, we'll dig into those a little later. So reserve assignment preferencing. So now pa uh, paragraphs four and five, what happens if I do not indicate a preference in the monthly bid uh, via OMS? So if you don't indicate a preference, you are going to default to a first out status, okay? If you're on reserve or if you're a regular pilot, you're going to default to a last out status. So this is a, so for a regular pilot, someone who added a reserve day, if you don't have a preference on file in OMS, uh, it's going to treat you as if you um, have a last out preference. Uh, again, same thing for a relief line holder. Remember, regular line holders and relief line holders are both regular pilots. Um, so the relief line holder uh, with a mix of trips and reserve, um, you'll see these guys with a, a last out status if they haven't uh, exercised a preference. So make sure that you're uh, entering your, your preference with your monthly bid. So what about you know, 117 or contractual limitations, right? Uh, will my preferences still be honored? Uh, your first out, last out preference. 
if the assignment would cause a conflict with the uh, FAA or contractual flight and duty limits. So uh, first out and last out preferences shall be subject to contractual flight and duty limitations and any applicable FAR 117 limitations, right? So no, your preferences won't be honored. Uh, you must be legal to be eligible for the assignment, right? So uh, the contractual rest limitations cannot be circumnavigated with your preferences. Uh, likewise, um, you're not supposed to get yourself into a 117 violation based on your preferences, right? Crew scheduling should not be assigning you trips that are contractually not compliant or not compliant with the regs. Uh, likewise, it's it's worthwhile noting here, right? that you, when you're exercising your preferences, your AM or PM, uh, first out, last out preference, right? Say that you want to be uh, first out and, you know, a trip came up that's three days in length and you had three days remaining. You should be the person uh, who gets that if you're the most senior. If it goes to someone else, say someone with five days remaining, um, it is in violation of the contract, right? You owned that work assignment based on your preferences. And with that, if that trip was not assigned to you, uh, you have a valid claim to that trip having been assigned to you, right? So uh, in that case, you should file a, a pilot issue form if you did not get the trip, right? So make sure that uh, when you make a claim like that that you, you know, assess whether or not uh, you were legal in terms of rest limitations and the like, right, before filing the grievance if you can. So 25M6B7, uh, so is except as provided in paragraphs C7 through C10 below, first out, last out preferences will be honored if the pilot's remaining days of availability are the same. Um, remaining days of availability, uh, that's, you know, uh, as I said earlier, determining similarly situated, okay? So uh, there's a bunch of exceptions, as I mentioned, days off prior to reserve time. So I have a slide on that. I'm going to, I'll dig into it later. Uh, projected accrual of credit in a bid month. Uh, so if you're going to exceed, say, 65 hours, they're going to move on to another pilot who won't exceed 65 hours. There's a leveler there to uh, move the, the work around and fill people up, right? So what that does is it stops the system becoming lopsided. A first out guy who, you know, bids uh, the most senior guy, bids um, first out and wants to rack up a bunch of credit while the rest of the airline on reserve isn't working. The company doesn't want to lose that productivity, right? So there's a leveler at 65 five hours. So if you're exercising that first out preference um, and you're at, let's say, 63 hours and they're looking at giving you a trip versus someone who's at 10 hours, uh, they're going to look at that, go, hey, that that 10 hour trip exceeds uh, 65 hours. He'd be at 73 hours. We're moving on to the guy who uh, won't exceed 65 hours. So uh, consolidation of knowledge and skills. I mentioned this one already. Uh, contractual or FAR limits. I mentioned those. And then uh, assignment assignment requiring special qualifications, right? So uh, ETOPS and special theater, there's a special set of rules for that as well. Uh, and uh, I'll dig into that shortly here. So just kind of working through the notion of, of how many days you have remaining and who should get what trip, right? So uh, this is the example in the book, and I'll just go ahead and read it for those of you on the phone. So 
If pilot A is scheduled to be on reserve on the 4th through the 7th, pilot B is scheduled to be on reserve the 3rd through the 7th, and pilot C is scheduled to be on reserve the 6th and the 7th, right? So three different pilots, Bob, Mike, Jane, right? They um, all have a separate number of days that they're available, right? But they're going to be assessed uh, relative to each other in terms of how many days they have remaining in their stretch of reserve. So the preferences will be honored uh, by seniority uh, on the 4th through the 7th for pilots A and B, and amongst all three pilots on the 6th and the 7th. So for those of you on teams here, you can see this chart. On the 3rd, one pilot is off, one pilot starts a stretch of five reserve days, uh, and then finally Jane here has three off days and um, two days of reserve starting on the 6th and the 7th, right? So Bob and Mike, uh, from the 4th to the 7th, have four days of availability. So let's say that we were going to try to assign a uh, a five-day trip, right, way back out on, the let's say, the 2nd of the month. Um, so we're looking at who has five days of availability uh, Bob doesn't have five days of availability. He's out. Jane doesn't. She's out. So Mike's going to get this trip and get taken out of the queue, right? Let's say uh, at the same point in time, uh, back on the second, we're looking at assigning a, a three-day trip uh, with a report time on the fifth, right? The only two pilots here who have availability on the fifth uh, for a three-day trip are Bob and Mike. So you're going to take a look at both of them. Uh, their amount of days remaining, uh, note that they both have uh, three days remaining on the 5th. And so you're going to look at Bob and Mike, their relative seniority and their preference for first or last out and assign the trip to one of the two of them, right? Jane is obviously ineligible because she's off on the 5th. Moving ahead and looking at the second part of the example, note that when, uh, when you're assigning a two-day trip, uh, let's say back on the 4th for a report time on the 6th for a two-day, all three pilots are eligible, assuming nobody's been assigned, right? They're all still in the queue. So you're looking at assigning a trip on the 4th, has a report time on the 6th. It's an overnight, simple turn, right? Uh, you look at all the pilots who have uh, availability uh, here on the 6th and the 7th, two days of availability left, right? So uh, it's just to say you look at the the amount of days remaining relative to the trip and determine uh, who inside of those uh, days are, are similarly situated by having the same amount of days remaining. So uh, getting to the exceptions, uh, 25M6C7, so days off prior to reserve, and I'm just going to go through and read the language here. So uh, because he has no obligation to be available for contact, a pilot who is on a day off prior to the uh, or prior to starting reserve time will not be considered in determining the relative seniority of the pilots on reserve time for the following day uh, for any trips with a report time earlier than his scheduled reserve start time plus the respective report time of his reserve period. Okay, so. Um, Note here that uh, a pilot may choose to not return a call from crew scheduling while off duty, right? So um, the pilot's under no obligation to return those calls uh, when they're not on reserve time. And um, when you look at the first day of a stretch of reserve, right, this exception 
uh, accommodates the pilot who chooses to be available for contact at the time that their reserve time period starts, right? So a uh, pilot chooses not to answer the phone on their day off, um, and in fact will uh, pick up the phone, you know, when their reserve period starts. They have 30 minutes to call back, right? So let's say that you start at um, 11 a.m., phone rings, and you, you just pick it up and answer it right away, 11 o'clock, right? You're not in the order of assignment for trips until 1 p.m., right? So uh, they shouldn't be assigning you any trips that start before 1 p.m. They have a report time at, say, 11 o'clock or something like that. Um, this allows for operational reliability, uh, right, knowing that the pilot will be available uh, and will answer the phone uh, when they're on reserve time. Um, or at least call them back within 30 minutes or the last message left, right? So this way, when crew scheduling is determining, you know, who has the amount of days remaining, who's going to get what trips and what flying, uh, and people are exercising their, you know, their first out uh, preference, you might be looking at a, a trip that starts inside of the first couple hours um, of a pilot's reserve time on their first day of reserve, and they won't be able to make that call out unless um, they choose to answer on their time off, right? Uh, but uh, this way, they're out of the reserve uh, order of assignment completely and not eligible um, until uh, after the report time. Most of the report times, let's say, two hours, right? So uh, if you start at 11, uh, then after one, right? So just following this through, an example, pilot on the PM reserve time, uh, begins his day one stretch reserve at uh, 1,100 hours. The trip has a two-hour report time, reports at 1135. Uh, so in this case, the pilot would not be considered available or in the order of assignment for this trip assignment. And the earliest trip the pilot is available for uh, and in the order of assignment for uh, is a uh, 1,300 report. Uh, the trip will be assigned to another available pilot in the order of assignment in accordance with their full preference. So uh, another exception uh, to the FOLO uh, projected accrual of credit in a bid month, 25M6C8. Uh, 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 this was the 65-hour leveler that I was talking about. Uh, and for those on the phone, I'll go ahead and read through the language. Uh, the company will not be required to assign flying in accordance with the reserve pilot's preferences if that assignment will cause the reserve pilot's projected credit to exceed 65 total credit hours. Uh, once a reserve pilot has uh, accrued an actual total of 65 credit hours or more, uh, the company may elect to assign flying to another reserve pilot who is anticipated to have uh, anticipated to have actually accrued less than 65 total credit hours, but must honor the preferences of those pilots with less than 65 total credit hours uh, in accordance with 25M3C above. Note here that uh, if all uh, similarly situated pilots have accrued more than 65 total credit hours in a bid period, uh, the preferences of all those pilots will be honored, right? So um, once everyone has exceeded 65, you're all back in the same level playing field and you're all going to break guarantee. And so um, uh, at that point, all the Preferences are honored. So uh, this one I talked about before, consolidation of knowledge and skills exemption, right? A pilot who has not completed his consolidation of knowledge for his current category 
shall be deemed to have preferenced first out until its consolidation of knowledge is complete. Once the pilot has met the threshold number uh, of hours for consolidation of knowledge for his current category, he will be assigned in accordance with his indicated preferences, right? So you may not have preferences on file because, uh, you know, if you're a new hire coming out of OE, you would have not been in the bid pack, presumably. And if you weren't in the bid pack, you didn't have to bid, so you never put any preferences in. Um, I'm not sure that the system would even let you put preferences in. So you should be able to contact crew scheduling, note your preferences, and be treated in accordance with your preferences uh, once you're done with OE and done with or done with consolidation, right? Uh, so contractual or FAR 117 limits, uh, Section 25M6C10, uh, when considering a trip assignment, the company shall not honor a pilot's preferences as elected pursuant to paragraph uh, 25M5B above if the trip would cause him to exceed the more restrictive of any of the limitations in section 12, uh, 25 of the FAR. So that's uh, duty and rest limitations. Uh, section 25 is uh, scheduling um, and then uh, FAR, uh, obviously, Part 117, right? So this is what I was talking about before. Uh, if your uh, FAR limits or, you know, uh, say domicile rest requirements uh, are not going to be met, uh, the company is uh, not going to assign you a trip, right? Even though your uh, first out, last out preference, uh, your first out preference might uh, allow you to have that trip under your, with your seniority, Note that there's an exception because you're, uh, you know, obviously going to incur a, an FAR violation or a, a contractual violation, right? Uh, so just a quick example out of the book here. Uh, a trip with seven and hours and 30 minutes of duty is to be assigned to a reserve pilot. Uh, pilot A is on AM reserve time with seven hours of available duty. Pilot B is on PM reserve time with 13 hours of available duty. Both pilots have preferenced first out, and pilot A is senior to pilot B. So because the trip would cause pilot A to exceed the daily duty limits, he will not be assigned the trip, and the trip is assigned to pilot B. Okay? Uh, so need to be legal for the trip, right? Uh, an assignment requiring special qualifications. Um, so this is a little different from the way some country has worked in the past but uh, I think threads the needle and gets the right people uh, into the work, right? So, again, just going to go ahead and read through the language. So, when a, a particular trip requires a pilot to possess special qualifications to operate a flight uh, within that trip, right? So, ETOP, special theater, uh, destination like Aspen, right, because it has uh, that back course localizer mist, right? Uh, you need some special signs-offs and special training for this kind of work. When you need to have those special qualifications, uh, but the next pilot in the order of assignment does not possess those qualifications, uh, the company will first contact the training department to see if a qualified pilot uh, is available to train the pilot to operate the flight as scheduled, right? So the first thing they need to do is try to train that pilot. So still to get to exercise your uh, first out, last out, full low preference for, you know, flying that you're not necessarily qualified for so long as the company can find a qualified training pilot to put on there, put them in the jump seat, train you, right? If a qualified pilot is not available, 
so there's no one to train you, uh, the company may bypass the non-qualified pilot and assign uh, to the first qualified pilot, right? So uh, in short, uh, they must train you for the operation if possible, and if they can't train you, they're going to move on to the next uh, person who they who is uh, fully qualified already. The next oh, five or six slides here get into uh, kind of these reserve time silos, if you will, and really what it's dealing with is how to manage trip assignments based on the remaining numbers of days off, right? So some of this kind of leans back and looks at uh, the the exemption language, right? Uh, and then gets into how you deal with an AM and a PM and a 14-hour long call, right? So uh, specific language for, for each uh, silo, if you will, the silos being the 14-hour long calls, the AMs, the PMs, and the red eyes. So uh, crew scheduling shall assign trips to reserve pilots within reserve types uh, on reserve time in the following manner, subject to contractual flight and duty limitations and any applicable uh, FAR 117 limitations. So a couple things to note here, right? This is obviously trips that are being assigned to reserve pilots. That pilot needs to be on reserve time. Okay, so not on your day off, right? Look at people who are on reserve time uh, in the following manner and subject to contractual flight and duty limitations. That's that exemption we've been talking about and the FAR 117 limitations, right? First, or I should say uh, paragraph one, uh, at the company's discretion to any pilot on reserve time who requires trips for consolidation of knowledge, uh, line checks or landing currency that's um, consistent with the exemption for the consolidation of uh, skills, right? Or you need the line check or the landing currency to stay current. Uh, you're going to get assigned outside of the reserve silo, right? So then you get into uh, paragraph two. Uh, and what we see here is uh, the 14-hour long call reserve pilot, if the trip is assigned greater than 14 hours prior to report, and in accordance with the following, right? So uh, first out in seniority order amongst 14 long call reserve pilots whose schedule contains the same number of available reserve days as the number of days of the assignment. And then last out in inverse seniority, 14-hour uh, long call reserve pilots whose schedule contains the same number of available reserve days as the number of days of the assignment. So you can see what number one and number two are doing is dealing with the pilots who have the same number of days of the assignment. And then three and four, uh, we're going uh, to deal with uh, pilots who have the next greater number of available reserve days. So if it's a three-day trip, um, you sign it first to the people with three days of availability. And then if you can't have nobody with uh, three days of availability, you look at the pilots with four days of availability, then you look at their first out, last out preferences inside of their 14-hour uh, silo, right? This language goes on like this for paragraphs two through five, right? So it deals with 14-hour long call and then AMs and then PMs and then reserves, okay? It gets kind of lengthy. It says the same thing over and over. What you should glean from this set of slides, right, is that it deals with each type of reserve, whether that's 14-hour long call, 
AM, PM, or red eye, and then is dealing with seniority, and it's also dealing with the, the number of days remaining or the notion of the next greater number of days after it's assigned to uh, the pilot with the same number of days, right? So here I have a little chart that kind of visualizes this, right? So just looking at the the AM period, right? Step one, you're going to look at AM pilots, and step two, the other AM pilots, step three, the other AM pilot, step four, another AM pilot. So you're just looking at AM pilots within their silo, and then you look at what their preference is, what their seniority order is, and the number of days, right? So the first step is to look at if you have a, an AM report time, fits in on an AM pilot, right? Uh, so they're looking at just at AM reserve time periods. Then you're going to look at what number of days uh, our trip length is. And if it's equal to the number of trip uh, number of days uh, that the trip length is, then you're going to look in seniority order. Is there a first out person who I want to assign? Uh, then you're going to assign them in seniority order, right? That language, those four paragraphs basically create uh, the four different silos based on uh, the reserve time, and then they do the same thing, sorting out first out, last out, based on the trip length. So the obvious question here becomes, uh, what happens when an AM reserve and a PM reserve are both available and eligible, right? So duty-wise, you know, they're both have the domicile rest required by Section 12. Both of them are 117 legal. Obviously, the AM uh, is going to get pretty short by the time that the PM comes on, right? There's a little bit of overlap there, uh, but there are, you know, over the course of the day, times where the AM and the PM overlap, right? And the AM could potentially still be legal for maybe a turn to O'Hare, as is the, the PM, right? Uh, and the company position is that the AM or PM reserve is assigned uh, in the silo of either the 14-hour long call AM, PM, or red-eye reserve, um, and that the trip eligibility is only determined relative to uh, the other reservist on that reserve time period, right? Uh, so the company is basically saying we're going to choose uh, which resource to use regardless of seniority, the ALPA position uh, remains that seniority uh, is determined uh, between, you know, that seniority breaks the tie between uh, two otherwise eligible pilots. There's there's an argument to be made for both. I think contractually uh, where this is probably going to end up is more on the company side of this. And it essentially doesn't really allow them to use like a computer or an auto dialer to simply make the decision of who's going to be assigned, right? Had they gone with our order of assignment, which would have just determined who had the least amount of productivity left, um, they could have used an auto dialer, but we'll save that for later uh, for for bargaining, right? Um, so note that this makes the system a little bit different than some of the other companies that are out there, uh, which would have uh, a clear delineation in this overlap, as to uh, seniority breaking the tie, here it's productivity, and it's a very, very narrow uh, overlap there, right? We basically don't have hardly any trips that have that short of an overlap, O'Hare being maybe the one exception. 
So anyways, know that that's out there. This paragraph, 25M6D, deals with the, the log, okay? It's the reserve assignment log. And the current report that the company is using here is a bit of a Band-Aid. It was something that uh, they could generate in Ames and publish uh, in fairly short order fashion. What they're publishing doesn't really allow you to determine whether or not you should be assigned reserve. And uh, we are still pushing on them at the JWG level to uh, make a change here and uh, get the system uh, to the point where it's uh, running a report uh, automatically that is more substantial. Note here, right, number five, upon request, any other available pertinent data required for a pilot to determine if he is the correct pilot to be assigned a trip. You should be able to look at this log, the assignment log, and see who who has been on reserve, who was assigned what length of trip, and determine whether you should or should not have been assigned that trip, right? This is supposed to allow the pilot to self-police reserve assignments, okay? Give you enough of transparency to determine whether or not the work assignment uh, should have been your work or work that should have gone to another pilot, right? Were you called out to work when you weren't supposed to? Uh, did another pilot get work that you were supposed to get, right? So uh, just kind of reading through this. So all pilots on reserve each day, their numbered position showing relative seniority, uh, requirement for consolidation, and accrued credit for the month. Right here, we see that the report that is, is being published doesn't account for consolidation. And uh, I don't think it shows the accrued credit for the month, right? So you can't tell whether someone was or wasn't assigned based on the 65-hour leveler. Their reserve duty schedule, including each pilot's reserve time, that part is shown in the report that they're publishing, right, what, uh, re what reserve time a pilot has. It does show the first out, last out preferences. It does not show continuing eligibility preference, uh, which I uh, didn't cover in the slide deck. Uh, but essentially allows a pilot to preference to continue flying if they have enough remaining duty to continue to fly and to be assigned outside of that uh, first out, last out preference, right? So uh, trip assignments at the time at which each pilot was notified of the assignment, we can't you can't see when a pilot was assigned. Uh, so when was a pilot actually assigned another trip, which is necessary to determine whether you know, that assignment was made prior to, say, the start of a pilot's reserve period, your reserve period, uh, who was contactable at the time, right? And uh, the employee number of the scheduler who made the assignment. So that's what's supposed to allow us to ba track back to a scheduler who is, you know, circumnavigating the system and assigning a preferenced person uh, flying, right? So uh, upon request, any other available pertinent data, this is just kind of a catch-all. Anything else that might be necessary to determine whether you should have been assigned should also be part of the log, right? Um, and this is supposed to be published three times daily uh, in a mutually agreeable and legible format at the beginning of each uh, reserve period, AM, PM, Red Eye. Uh, so uh, at the start of those reserve periods, and uh, that allows you to know who else is on reserve at that time who has already been assigned, right? Anyways, that log does not meet the bar, 
uh, it needs to get better so that uh, you have transparency as to your assignment, right? With that, that kind of takes us through all the language in in Folo. Next Tuesday, uh, I'm going to try and cover some 401k opt-in and auto-enroll stuff that starts in, in 2023. Note that if you're a new hire and you haven't opted in to the 401k, you need to do so uh, immediately, like right after this call, right? In 2023, they start opting in. I'll go through that language next week. Uh, I want to cover online deadhead seating assignments as well as offline deadhead seating assignments. We do have uh, another podcast on this that makes clear uh, how these are supposed to work. There is conflict, regular conflict, one or two issue forms a day as far as I can tell, or at least the calls that I get on offline deadheading, right, that just kind of deadheads and uh, the pilot shall remain unseated. That language needs to get fixed. The company has not meaningfully engaged with us on a fix yet uh, in terms of implementing something that uh, will avoid grievances. So uh, I'm going to cover the crew meal settlement as well as uh, a recent settlement on uh, bulkhead seating, and uh, we'll get into that next Tuesday. So for the rest of uh, <clears throat> our time today, I'm just going to open it up to uh, Q&A from you guys and please feel free to, to ask anything, but um, to what degree we can stay on the topic of Foldo and better understand that and kind of uh, solidify the, the learning moment here with, uh, with Foldo would be preferable. Uh, please don't talk over each other on Teams. It's really difficult, uh, and we'll use the raise hand function as we go around the room. If you're on a phone, you can use uh, star six to unmute yourself. We can see that you're unmuted, and we'll call on you with the last four digits of your telephone number. Uh, with that, just uh, opening it up to uh, questions from anyone in the group. No questions. Where's Alvin when you need him? Huh? The FOLO stuff is a little dry. It is uh, fairly complex. Hopefully you get the idea that it can be uh, fairly simple and just look at the number of days remaining, right? Uh, Katie, go ahead. You have the floor. Well, you said that the FOLO report is inadequate, which... It absolutely is. It would be nice if we could see how many days of availability. That would be great. Um, yeah. But can we just get it in a format that we can actually read without having to open it in another app or something? Because right now, RTF is ridiculous. Can we get like a PDF or anything better than that? <laughs> yeah, we'll kick it back into the JWG and see if they can uh, push through and, and get something uh, a little more useful happening. It just, uh, what's there doesn't meet the bar. Yeah, even if we can just read it in an easier way, that would be a start. Yep, I, I totally agree. Yep. Anything else on the, the log? Uh, not really. I mean, so when you say a pilot can request it, um, so if I'm getting in a, in a reserve assignment, can I say I want to see the, the log for the day or whatever? Is that how I'm? making sure that I was assigned properly? You know, it should be posted already at the beginning of the reserve period. If it's not posted, uh, by all means, file, right? Is the FOLO report posted or? Yeah, they should be po They should be publishing the FOLO report at the beginning oh, of every yeah, reserve yeah. period. Yeah, the, yeah, let me let me jump in here a second, Eric. Okay. What they're doing is, and I yeah. make sure they have the email you want it sent to, Katie, uh, is you can use the email that you want here. You don't have, you're not tied to the Sun Country email <laughs> system. 
but what they do is they publish right before the AM reserve period, the PM reserve period, and the red eye reserve period. They're, they're publishing this list that's basically like Erica said, it's pretty much worthless because it doesn't have all the information there. And they're sending it out in a really weird format that you, if you're on your phone, you can read it. Um, if you're on a computer, you can kind of open it up and make it big enough. You can kind of see it. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're publishing right now and that's the list they're supposed to publish. And this was a stopgap method. It was just something supposed to be temporary until they got something automated that would comply with all of the stuff. But I don't know. I have not, we haven't met on this subject on section 25 with them in forever. And I don't know where they are in the process of getting something automated, uh, and kind of somewhat, you know, non-human intervention needed. So. I've said upon request to determine if they're correct pilot assigned the trip. If they're just sending that same report, how do I know how many days somebody had available? So how do I know that I was correctly assigned? Because if I can't see how many days of availability the other pilots have, I really have no way to determine if it was correct or not. You, you really can't. They're not providing enough information. Uh, it's not compliant. That's the easiest way I can say it. They have so many things uh, that are unfinished right now, and that's just one of the very many things. And it seems like it's the fire that's not burning the hottest right now uh, on the company side. Trying to be as diplomatic as I can here is they, they have trouble completing work. So, Yeah, and truly uh, all of this should – everything in this contract has implemented at this point. You know, with the exception of a 3-5 rig and Minday and maybe whatever the final version of CATS is supposed to be. Those are really the only things that are hanging out there. The, the fact that the report is not compliant is a violation, and by all means, file on it. Hey, Eric. Yeah. There has been a formal grievance filed on that issue, and it may go up for discussion with company next week. We're not sure yet, but it has been filed, just so you know. Yeah. For everyone on the call, what happens after that occurs, right? So essentially the grievance committee files a formal grievance because something isn't compliant, right? In this case, uh, you know, the reserve log. Uh, as you file uh, additional pilot issue forms, those issue forms uh, essentially become a, a claim uh, inside of a, a wider group grievance. So if you're you know, trying to determine whether you should be assigned a flight or not, uh, and you can't do that because the log is inaccessible to you, illegible, doesn't have enough information to determine, like Katie mentioned, just simply not having the number of days of people uh, on reserve remaining, you can't usefully determine whether or not you should have been assigned a trip, right? Uh, in that case, you should file pilot issue form. Uh, grievance committee will add that to the group grievance. And if there's a, a claim to be made along with that, you'll be included. So do file. All right. Anyone else? Other questions, comments, thoughts on First out, last out rules, um, experience with it? Or is it being followed? Do you feel like it's being followed? Um, anything at all that you guys have? I do. Yeah, I, 
I, I see a number there, a 5155 telephone number open. Uh, you have the floor. Eric, uh, Leva Frost here. Just had a couple questions on that. I think I was just going to follow up with what Katie had said a little bit. Um, the, the full list, I guess, I think she was kind of going where her question was, is if they're, they're not publishing the list as adequate, but are they keeping notes on how they assigned? And what can we email them or call them and say, I want to see all the notes you guys took um, and have them emailed to me in order to determine that? Or are they even documenting that in a way that they could provide that upon request to, to us on, on reserve? You know, uh, publishing it on an annual thing. Yeah, I think uh, the notion of, of notes or uh, who is assigned when and the like uh, is accessible to the grievance committee. Um, the fact the fact that you don't have a log that has that information is where the violation is. So if you're if you're trying to determine that and there is no log available to you, you should file. Okay. Um, as far as it goes back to being assigned or, or doing your um, your preference for FOLO, um, if the pilot doesn't bid for the month, therefore doesn't assign his preference within that prior to the end of the bid period, um, does that pilot then, that, according to the contract, that way I read it, the pilot would automatically be assigned as first out, correct? Being they didn't indicate a preference? I think you should be able to be allowed to um, enter a preference when you return to work. So the, you know, the getting off of OE is problematic. And I think at that point, either you're going to be a bidder or you're going to kind of return to work by getting a schedule made for you. And that's that 25B3 um, language. And if if you're getting us, you know, the rest of your month made for you because you weren't eligible to bid, at that point you should be asked whether or not you um, have a preference, uh, first out or last out preference. But note that because you haven't reached the consolidation of skills, right? That uh, essentially when you're coming off of OE, you're going to be. Um, uh, kind of predetermined to be first out there are you know exceptions to this where you know someone has already upgraded consolidated chose to downgrade and then re-upgrades right where they don't have to go through consolidation skills so there's some complexity there uh no i guess my my question is there is if you were i, I found a little bit of that but if you were eligible to bid but you just didn't bid so you were assigned the last line available or whatever was available based on your seniority number, but by not bid and you were given a reserve line, but because you didn't bid, even though you could have bid, um, I didn't, you didn't indicate a preference. So therefore you should be assigned first out. Yeah, that's right. That you have that correct. Yep. You, okay. you will okay. be. Yep. Okay. And then along with that, when you talk consolidation, um, obviously a pilot who's been here flying the 73 over a hundred hours as a first officer, doesn't necessarily consolidate as a captain upgrade. Are we, are you still considering, are they still considered in that consolidation period to get off high mins for the first hour as an exception? Or because they technically by, or by um, the FOM don't have to consolidate, is there a difference there? Um, the high mins would be, you know, handled separately, basically as an FAR requirement, right? Mm -hmm. Either either you're eligible or not eligible based on the, the type of operation, right? Okay. 
Yep. So there's no exception. They're not considering that within the consolidation exception. No, not within the consolidation exception, but certainly okay. within the, the FAR exceptions. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I guess that goes along with, sorry, I'm, I'm skip, getting back, backtrack here. If yeah. the pilot was not assigned um, first out because he didn't bid, um, is there any way to change that at, and during the middle of the month when, when it's recognized that it was an error on the company's part or is the only course of action a grievance for not filing, or following the contract? Dylan, do you uh, have any good thoughts yeah, on that? Let, let, me, let me take this. I think I understand the question. If you're eligible to bid, you don't put your preference in, you're going to be first out. And there's no way to change that going until the next bid process. And then you can put your preference in for the next bid process. Um, so okay. there would be no violation of the contract there and no way to go in the middle of the month and go, oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you I wanted to be last well, I think that the, no, the preference is just the opposite. I didn't bid, and I was assigned last out. I should have been assigned first out. Yeah, they, they, they incorrectly. Yeah, if they if they assigned you last out and they incorrectly did it, yeah, that that's a violation. They didn't follow the contract. So okay, that, so that can I get that changed in the middle of the month? I, can I get that changed for the remainder of the month, or is? Is it just set that I don't, the only what, thing is to do is to What I would do is bring it to their attention. As soon as the error is discovered, you know, you have a responsibility to bring the error to their attention, and they'll either correct it or they won't. You'll still have two two things there. You'll get you'll still have the same basic violation. They didn't follow the contract and, and assign it correctly. So you would, you know, bring it to their attention and give them a chance to correct their mistake. If they don't, then you would continue to file a uh grievance based on their continued violation of what they should have done yeah zillin has that exactly right that's that's how the whole okay. grievance process works in general right okay no i've, I've already brought it. it's it's been at their attention for about a week now they haven't changed anything so i'll, uh, oh. I'll continue on with that then. by all means file at that point uh, yeah. uh i think that's all the questions i have all right i'm a little over my hour but uh Last call for uh, for questions. Seeing none, I, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up the call. Uh, thanks for joining us uh, again next week. We'll uh, we'll dig into some some 401k contribution stuff as well as uh, online and offline deadhead seating. So thanks for joining us. Uh, see you next week. Bye bye.